Amen. Walk over here again. How's it going, New Philly? Feeling good? Say, I feel good. God is good, amen? Man, I'm, I'm so excited. Tomorrow, um, two teams head out. As we already said, the Indonesia team is, is already on the field. And then tomorrow, um, a team departs for Australia. And then also a team from, that will depart to Myanmar. And so uh, if you're wondering, where's Myanmar? Myanmar is also called Burma. <laughs> so maybe that'll help some of you. But we went to we went to Myanmar in 2009, and we saw um, just we had an amazing time as Pastor John Michael led that team, and we are going again this year as as Lisa, our missions director, is leading an amazing team as we go out. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> Let's get into the word. If you can turn to First Corinthians, we're gonna go from verses 17 to 25. Chapter 1, chapter 1, verses 17 to 25. Just in case you guys were wondering, we're kind of doing a series through 1 Corinthians. If you haven't gotten it already, like the past like three, four messages have all been in 1 Corinthians. So we're going through 1 Corinthians right now as a church. And uh, because God has a lot that he wants to say to us from his word. Let's all read it all together. Verses 17 to 25. I'll read the odd, you read the even. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. But we preach, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. And altogether... For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. And Father, I just pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus that your spirit would come and it will fall upon every person. Lord, in the same way in Acts 2 where the spirit came and there was, there was fire over each and every person in the upper room. God, I pray that your fire would touch each and every person in this place. Father, I pray that the word would go out, Lord, and it would not fall to the ground, Lord, but it would accomplish the purpose in which it's sent to do. And God, it would bring back a mighty harvest in our lives, Lord. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your cross. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we've been going through 1 Corinthians, right? 
And so we've, we've gotten quite a bit of background in terms of Paul and him speaking to the church in Corinth. You know, the church in Corinth was, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, it was like a super charismatic Pentecostal youth group. You know, like everyone was all about the Holy Spirit. Everyone was all about the gifts. Everyone was all about power and glory and wisdom. But it was all a selfish kind of wisdom. It was all their own power. It was their own selfish ambition. And so they started to follow different people in the church. And all of a sudden, the church was really, it was divided. It was divided. Some people said, I follow Paul. Some people said, I follow Apollos. I like his flashy preaching. Some people said, I like Peter. You know, Peter gets real emotional. Some people said, I don't even listen to any of them. It's just me and Jesus. And there's all this division that comes into the house of God. And now all of a sudden, the power of God that the people were supposed to display to the world isn't being displayed. And instead of the people having power to set people free out in the world, the world has power over the people of God. And you've got all kinds of people in bondage. You know, later on, you read that one guy was sleeping with his stepmother or his mother-in-law. Some crazy stuff was happening up in Corinth. Like crazy. And so Paul writes to them and he writes to them. And we talked about it before. He points them first to the grace of God. And not only does he point them to the grace of God, but then he starts talking to them about Jesus. He says, I'm not the one that baptized you. I'm not the one who you're not baptized into my name. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And then Paul speaks to them in in verse 17. He says, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Verse 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Somebody say power of God. God. Somebody say "Wisdom wisdom of God. Today, I want to talk to you about true power and true wisdom. We all want power. Don't we? Some people are like, no, I don't. I don't want no power. Isaac's telling the truth. <laughs> you know, I, I, I heard this song by uh, this guy, this rapper by the name of uh, Kanye West. Maybe you've heard of him. Don't listen to him. But he had this song. And it was called Power. And it's a whole song. He just keeps saying over and over, no one man should have all this power. And he just keeps talking about, he's kind of gloating in a way when he keeps saying no one man should have all this power. Don't, like only like a couple people are like, I know that song. <laughs> the rest of y'all, y'all know it. Y'all just don't want to give me the, yeah, I know it. <laughs> you know, outside in the world, we all know that people want power. Outside of the church walls, we can all agree that people walk around wanting power and esteem. But in the church, People want power as well. In the church, there's a lot of people who want power. They want wisdom. They want glory outside of God. They'll even use religious language to use power. You know, the Pharisees used to do that. They'd walk around and they'd use all this religious lingo. They'd use all this, you know, the Christianese. You know what I'm saying? God saying this, God saying this. But really what they were doing was they were manipulating people because they liked power. In the church of Corinth, you had this. You had people saying, well, I, f- I think God is saying this. 
And then other people over here are saying, well, I'm saying God is saying that. Everyone was right in their own eyes and everyone was wanting power. But Paul speaks to them and he says, you know what? I'm going to tell you where the true power lies. He says, it doesn't, it doesn't lie in your ability to manipulate people. It doesn't lie in your ability to get a gathering or your ability to get people to like you. It doesn't lie in your wealth. It doesn't lie in your immorality. It only lies in the cross. Not just the cross, but the message of the cross. He says in verse 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us being saved, it is the power of God. You know, the the message of the cross is the most powerful message you'll ever hear. You know, the message of the cross, the word of the cross is the most powerful thing that has ever happened in your life. The message of the cross is the greatest power that there is. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You know, you may have went to a retreat or went to a conference or listened to a podcast and you're like, man, that message, mm, that junk, that was powerful. That message was, oh man, that message was powerful. My hand shook a little bit when I listened to it. It's like, I felt it. But the most powerful message that you have ever heard and will ever will hear is the word of the cross. There isn't a message out there that can get any deeper, any more wise or any more powerful than the word of the cross. Did you know that? But Paul says something really interesting in verse 18. He says the word of the cross What I just said was the most powerful message you'll ever hear. He says, it's folly. It's foolishness. It's stupid. It sounds ridiculous to those who are wasting away, to those who are perishing. You know, you can tell the status of your Christian walk by how you respond to the word of the cross. You know, many of us, we grew up in church. I didn't. I got saved when I was 21. And then before that time, the only time I ever heard about church was Christmas and Easter. And then some random Sundays where my mom would watch church on BET. <laughs> BET is called, it's, it stands for Black Entertainment Television. Just in case you were wondering. It's like random days my mom would wake up. <laughs> I'm going to go to church today. Click. I'm like, what's going on right there? I was actually joking about that with my mom on the phone the other day. Because my mom recently came to Christ. And I was like, mom, you remember back in the day where you would go to church? She's like, uh, oh, you're talking about Bobby Jones? You're talking about BET? I was like, yes, mom, that was not. Anyways, that's not what I'm trying to get to. Paul says that the word of the cross is folly to those who are wasting away. I want to tell you, decay comes into your Christian walk when you begin to treat the message of the cross with contempt. And many of us say, well, I don't treat the message of the cross with contempt. I don't treat the gospel with contempt. But the truth of the matter is, is that many of us do. 
The moment somebody says, I'm going to preach to you today about the cross. Here's your heart. And it goes, I already heard that message. You know how long I've been in church? I've heard somebody preach the cross 50 million times, Pastor Marcus. Why don't you give me something else? You know, when Paul came to them with the word of the cross, that's why many people didn't follow Paul. Because everything Paul wanted to talk about was the cross. Paul, won't you give us a word of wisdom? The cross. Paul, I already listened to that five years ago. Tell me something practical. The cross. Paul, come on now. I want something to tell me about my finances. Can you help me out a little bit? The cross. Like Paul, this guy, he's just saying the same thing over and over. You know, many believers in the body of Christ, we come into church and we're like, Pastor, I'm ready for a new word today. Give me something new. Give me something fresh. But don't preach that gospel stuff. That's, That's for Sunday school. You know, the gospel's old news to many of us. Is the gospel old news to you? When you hear some, when you hear the message of the cross, does your heart close up? Do you fall asleep? In January at Friday Fire, I preached a message called the power of the gospel. And I remember prepping for that message. I was like, man, this is right here. The Lord has spoken. This word's going to go out and things are going to shake. Pillars are going to fall. Like, it's just like the Lord is on it. And then I stepped up there and you can tell when a a preacher feels like that message is strong because he just walks up. He's listen here, church. That's how I walked up. You've got to know the power of the gospel. And I'm preaching this word and I look out onto the people and like three fourths of them. Oh, oh, amen. Amen. And then I look out and, you know, you can tell the difference between someone who's on Facebook and someone who's taking notes. Because Facebook is a scroll. Notes is a push. You know what I'm saying? Don't think we can't see. (laughs) Pastor ain't going to notice this. Mm, Facebook. Tell me what's new on the newsfeed. And when I got down off the pulpit, I felt so discouraged because in my heart, I felt like that the people only wanted a message that was filled with ooze and ahs. Mm, that's a good word. Mm, preach that. Mm, say that. But then I'm going to talk to you today about the power of the gospel. This was the church in Corinth. Paul would come in and he wanted to talk to them about the word of the cross. And I mean, they didn't have Facebook back then. They just go to sleep. They just turn away. Whatever, Paul. But Paul says the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. To those who are wasting away, the word of the cross sounds like foolishness. To those who are wasting away, the word of the cross sounds like it's old news. To those who are, whose Christian walk, those, you, he wasn't speaking to, 
He wasn't speaking to non-Christians. You know, many times we hear the gospel and we're like, okay, pastor, take that to the people outside. I know someone who needs to hear the gospel. Man, snap, you know, oh, Jerome, I know him. He needs to hear the gospel. But me, I got it already. Why are you coming at me with all that foolishness? And we can treat the cross with contempt in our hearts. You know, give that to someone who doesn't know Jesus. But I want to tell you that the word of the cross, it's the very power of God for us. There's no other power that is greater than the word of the cross. The word of the cross is what should sustain you every single day of the week. You know, many people come to me and they say, well, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. Or I look at them and and they're going into areas of sin. And they're saying, well, I feel powerless. I don't feel like I have any, I don't feel like I have the power to do this. You don't, you don't have any power. Do you remember what Jesus did for you on the cross? The cross was the greatest display of power that there ever has been. Not just the resurrection. Because many of us, we want to skip over the cross and go straight to the resurrection. We want to just jump over the cross. The cross is a good door, but thank you. I want to go straight to the resurrection power. But there is no resurrection without the cross. There is no resurrection without God, without Jesus saying, I'm going to lay down my rights and take on the cross. The cross was the greatest display of power that there ever has been. It wasn't just to conquer death. It was to conquer your sin. And it was the cross that did that. It was the cross that was the propitiation. It was the cross that paid the ransom, not the resurrection, the cross. Do you know that? He said, I'm going to be obedient even unto death. The cross. I don't feel like God loves me. Pastor, I don't think God loves me. It says that God showed his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's talking about the cross. The cross is the greatest display of love that there ever has been and ever will be in your life. Anytime you're sitting by yourself, I don't think anybody loves me. You need to remember the word of the cross. I don't think God will provide for me right now. I'm broke. I look at my bank account and it's just... The gospel was the greatest provision for your life that there ever has been. Christ dying for you on that cross was the greatest provision for you that there ever has been. If God will provide for your sin, how much more? A couple dollars. Today, it's not eloquent speech and flashy wisdom. I'm just talking to you today about the cross. When you feel yourself starting to pull away and you feel like, oh, well, this is because you've forgotten the cross. The word of the cross has started to become foolishness in your heart. I want you to ask yourself today, is the message of the cross, has it become foolishness in your heart? Has it become just another Sunday school message? Has it become just old news? 
I remember when Pastor Christian, I was meeting up with him for discipleship. And we were going through, we were going through this book called Your Best Life Now. <laughs> and he was, he was discipling me through that book. And then one day, we were talking about, I was just like, you know what, I don't, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling kind of dry right now. I'm feeling like, you know, kind of distant. My prayer life doesn't. And he said, he didn't say you need another baptism in the Holy Spirit. He did not say you need rivers of living water to come again. He looked at me dead in the face and he said, you need another revelation of the cross. See, to the church in Corinth, they had the signs and wonders. They had the miracles. They had the lavish displays, but what they did not have was a revelation of the cross. And the thing about the cross is the reason why it matters, the reason why it has to do with power in our lives is because you manifest the gospel that you believe. And what you believe about what Jesus has done for you on the cross, it will manifest in your life one way or the other. He says, to those being saved, it's the power of God. The greatest message you'll ever hear is the word of the cross. And he says, for it is written. He says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has, God, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? You know, where Paul says that I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. When he says the discernment of the discerning, I will thwart. He's quoting Isaiah 29. He's quoting Isaiah 29, 13 to 14. I'm going to read it out loud for you. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. See, what had begun to happen to the people is that they begin to fall into just religious duty and they begin to find just i'm gonna come to i'm gonna go and i'm just gonna sing the songs i'm just gonna pray the prayer i'm gonna just get it over with and god looked at them and he spoke through the prophet isaiah and he said these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me their worship is just rules that have been taught by men And Paul quotes this passage in 1 Corinthians because when he's looking at the church in Corinth, he's looking at a church that is charismatic. He's looking at a church that has power. He's looking at a church where people, they manifest the gifts and they, they know the power of the Holy Spirit. But he's looking at them and he's saying, you have all these things, but yet and still, they're just religious works. Therefore, and then God says, he says, I will astound them. I will Come with wonder upon wonder. The wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish, it says in the NIV. 
I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. When Isaiah was speaking here, he was speaking not just to the redemption of Israel, but he was speaking to the cross. He was saying to the people, you know what? You, you come before me and all you bring is religion. You come before me and you bring a form of godliness. You sing the songs, you pray the prayers, the, the words come out of your mouth, but your hearts are far from me. You want me to tell you why the cross is the power of God? Because many times we can come before God with just religion. But when God looks at us and he sees our religion, you know what he says he's, he's going to do? He says he's going to astound us with wonder upon wonder. He says he's going to be so good to us that it's going to break through all religion. The cross was God saying, I see that your religious works are nothing but filthy rags. I see that all you're using is forms to try and reach me. But I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to send my son. I'm not going to put you to judgment. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be so good to you that it's going to confuse the heck out of you. Have you ever had God be so good to you that it confuses you? God to be so good to you that that you don't understand up from down and down from up. That's the cross. The cross should be a manifestation of so much goodness and so much power that it should confuse you every time you talk, you think about it. See, religion is thinking that through your works, you know, God. But the cross is God saying, no matter how much you think, you know me, I am that much better. cross the word of the cross it was Paul was pointing them to something that was so good that it was meant to burst through all their their manly attempts at gaining wisdom their fleshly attempts at gaining power Paul was saying when you stop and you remember the cross When you stop and you get a new revelation of what God has done for you. You don't need any more power. You don't need any more wisdom. The cross is the greatest display that I'll give you all the power and wisdom you need. So many believers walk around feeling powerless. You walk through the streets of Itaewon, you feel powerless. You talk to people on the street, you try to evangelize, you feel powerless. But the the word of the cross is the greatest display that God has given you all the power and wisdom you need. It's so good that it should confuse the heck out of you. You ever you ever had someone be nice to you and it confuse you? I have this reputation of being very sarcastic. Like so sarcastic that you may you talk to me and you think like, you know, everything is sarcasm, sarcasm. You know, that's like. And I've got, at over time, I had this reputation of being so sarcastic that when I would walk up to somebody and I'd be like, you know, you look really nice today. You know, it's good to see you today. 
and these are the expressions I get. What? Huh? No, no, I'm like, I'm being serious right now. I'm being serious. You're great. What? What? You know, I had this reputation of being very sarcastic, but in my heart, I, I'm not. <laughs> you know, people get mad confused when I walk up to them and I say something genuinely nice. Like, not sarcastic at all. Like, just genuinely nice. Like, I like your shoes. It's nice shoes. Where'd you get those shoes? Can I get a pair of those? Like, Maybe that's not genuinely nice. Maybe that was me trying to get a pair of shoes. But people get mad confused. Because they've spent so much, they spent time around me. They've observed me. They maybe even talked to me a couple times. And they think that that's given them enough wisdom to know me. Many times we talk to God. We spent some time around him. And we think that that's given us enough wisdom to where we can say we know God. But Paul's saying the cross is showing you that you, you don't know him. He's so much better than you have ever imagined. He's so good that it should confuse the heck out of you. Paul's saying don't move past the cross. See, the church in Corinth, they saw the cross as just a stepping stone. You know, the cross is just a stepping stone for me to get to signs and wisdom. He said the Jews, they they cry out for signs. And the Greeks, they seek wisdom. How many believers, we come into the house of God and we just see the cross as a stepping stone. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Give me my signs and wisdom. And we look look at the word of the cross as as if we're done with it. But Paul, he says, you know, Jews seek, Jews seek signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. He didn't say we preach Christ resurrected. He didn't say we preach the miracles of the cross. We didn't say we, we preach the miracles that Jesus did when he walked down the street. He didn't say that we preach him walking on water. He didn't say we preach him multiplying the bread. He said we preach Christ crucified. You want to know where all the the wisdom is? You want to know where the sign is? It's the cross. Anytime you feel like you're discouraged and, oh, Lord, give me a sign. Give me, Lord's like, I've already given you a sign. It's on the cross. God, I need some wisdom. Show me what I should do. I've already given you more than enough wisdom. It's on the cross. Your attitude should be like that of Christ Jesus, the cross. Oh, what should I do? Should I, should, I, should I exalt myself? Should I lift myself up? Give me some wisdom, God. I don't know what to do. He says, I've already told you it's the cross. God, are you going to provide for me? I don't know. I look at my bank account. I see crickets. What am I supposed to do? He says, I've already provided for your every need. Look at the cross. It was a stumbling block to Jews and Gentiles. Because they didn't want to spend their time at the cross. They wanted to go straight to the signs, straight to the wisdom, straight to the wonder. But stay at the place of self-sacrifice. Stay at the place of love being sacrificial, of laying down my life for someone else. Stay at the place of the cross. I don't want to do that. Just give me the power. Just give me the wisdom. But he said, no. 
is Christ crucified. See, believers in the body of Christ, our problem isn't that we don't have the Holy Spirit. Our problem is that we just overlook the cross. You know, you should park your car right there at the cross. You should park yourself at the cross. Say, God, I'm going to meditate about the cross. I'm going to meditate about the cross. I'm going to spend time going deeper about the cross because the cross is the most wonderful thing you've ever done. God, I'm going to spend my time here. I'm not going to move past it. I'm going to stay here. And he's not saying that just because it's power that emboldens our life, but it's also a way in which we're supposed to live. I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to go on to signs and wonders and go on to signs and wisdom. God, I'm going to spend my time right here at the cross. Give me a new revelation of the cross. Teach me once again about the cross. I used to live with Pastor John Newfield. And this man, he would get up every day and like two hours before I would. And so he'd get up at like, you know, six. I'd get up at like 11. And uh, he would just pray every day. And I asked him, I asked him one day, I was like, John, or maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I asked him, I was like, John, what do you pray about at six in the morning? Because when I get up at six, ain't nothing coming out of my mouth but groans. Just, uh, uh, uh. And John looks at me and John says, I, I give to the Lord a fresh surrender. I say, God, I, I, I lay down my life again, take up my cross, follow you. And then I ask for God to fill me with his Holy Spirit. Many times we go to God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, give me a prophetic word. Give me signs. Give me wonders. And we don't say, God, I lay down a fresh surrender. I take up the cross and follow you. See, God won't entrust to you power that he knows you will use the wrong way. He loves you that much. And if you won't take up the cross, he won't give you power because he knows that if he did, it would corrupt you. It would ruin you. But you got to ask for that fresh revelation of the cross. It says that the foolishness of men, the foolishness of God is wiser than men's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. And in order for you to ever grow in wisdom and strength, 
you've got to go to greater levels of foolishness in God. In order for you to grow in God's wisdom, you've got to be seen as foolish to the world. And the cross is the most foolish thing. When I talk to my non-Christian friends about the cross of Christ, they look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. When I talk about sacrificing the sacrifice of God for us, it sounds absolutely ludicrous. But it was the strongest thing that's ever been done, and it's the wisest thing that's ever been done. And for us to ever walk in strength and wisdom, we too have to walk in that same foolishness and weakness. You don't graduate past it. Oh, I was foolishness for a season. Now I'm going to be wise. You don't graduate past it. I want us to pray together. Isaac, how about you get up on the guitar? Religion says that God is that much worse. God is worse than what he says. But the cross says that God is so much better than we could ever think him to be. what I feel like God wants to do in this place is he wants to give us a fresh revelation of the cross. He wants to give us a fresh revelation of what he's done for us. The message of the cross, the word of the gospel. Because that's where the power is. We're sending out missions teams and they're going to the nations. And part of us would want to think that it's us that brings the power. Or that it's something we do. But it's not. It's him. It's the word of the cross. It's the power of God for those who believe. What I want us to do is I just want us to worship. I just want us to worship him. And as we worship him, I just want you to just ask God for a fresh revelation. God, give me a fresh revelation of the cross. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Begin to enlighten God, the eyes of our hearts. And the knowledge of you, Lord. Lord, give us a fresh revelation of the cross. Give us a fresh revelation, God, of how powerful you really are, how wise you really are, how good you truly are, oh God. God, we don't want our faith to rest upon man's wisdom, but rather on a demonstration of your power, God. 
So come, Holy Spirit. Hearts that have grown hard. Hearts that have decayed. God, would you just begin to touch right now? Just begin to touch right now. Just remind them of your goodness. Stay in that place. Stay in that place. has grown cold yet as we were worshiping you could feel the beckoning of God saying remember your first love remember your first love remember me remember me 
I feel there's a couple people in this room that that don't know Jesus. And they don't know the love, the power of his sacrifice for you on the cross. And if that's you, I just want you to stand up right now. You feel like your heart has grown cold. just want a fresh touch, a fresh revelation of the cross. I want everyone to keep your eyes closed. Because this is between them and God. You just desire a fresh revelation of the cross. A fresh revelation of Jesus. A fresh revelation of what he's done for you. Just stand to your feet. be afraid it may seem like foolishness to you but to God it is wisdom it may seem like weakness but to God it is strength there's more of you there's more of you there's more of you you felt distant 